0: This season of Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs' Organization of Charlotte. EO Charlotte is part of the world's premier network of successful entrepreneurs, embracing the unique qualities of the entrepreneur. Desire to build, extreme achievement, quest for new experiences. EO opens a new world for peers to learn from and inspire each other, leading tremendous business successes and a richer personal life. EO Charlotte, where entrepreneurs belong coming up on influencing entrepreneurs
1: when you have a dog that like is is so excited to come to a place that you're also excited to come to that to me is the most exciting and fulfilling thing that i can create something that has such a meaningful impact in people's lives in such a fun way
2: after years of teaching entrepreneurship and consulting with multiple companies, I realized that when business leaders share stories of not only their successes, but their mistakes, it had a huge impact in the classroom. So I thought, why not document those stories? On this episode of Influencing Entrepreneurs, we'll hear from Meggie Williams, the owner and founder of Skiptown, a first of its kind full service dog bar and park. I'm Casmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. I, I gotta be honest, I wanna just ask the, the simple question. How does one make a career out of playing with puppies all day long?
1: A lucky person does. Okay. A lucky person does. We are fortunate enough to be in a world where um, dogs are family. Mm-hmm. People um, see their pets as kids and to be able to have a business that supports um, not just pets, dogs, cats, but people's, um, pet people's lifestyles is, I feel very fortunate.
2: But even on top of that, I'll be honest, uh, I love my kids, I love my pets, I don't like anybody else's. You love everyone's, how do you make that? How do you turn that into bringing them all together and build a business off of that?
1: Yeah, so what we found is that it's not just um, dogs that like socialization, it's people that like to socialize with other people and other people's dogs. Um, and so Skip Town, which is our company, is was built to create high-end social experiences for pups and their people. Um, and what we found is we've been really able to double down on community, the dog community, the dogs have all their friends, they get to hang out and play at Skip Town and the people have their friends. And then you have the cross communities between the two. So it makes it a really fun experience for, for people who, um, were pets of their life and, and they want to be around them and, and for the dogs,
2: um, even with Skip Town, which, you know, we got to get back to how it started right in the middle of COVID, but it's hard to just open a business and it starts working. Does this start off as dog sitting? Does this start as dog walking? Where, you know, at what point do you realize that you can actually bring some income in from playing with puppies? And I don't mean to break it down so easy, but that's the dream.
1: (laughs) Well, I knew there was there was an opportunity because my husband and I have two dogs and we had very busy schedules before I started this company and we could not find services that we felt really accommodated the modern lifestyle, the modern pet parent lifestyle. Um, Over 70% of U.S. households have a dog. There are more dogs than kids in the United States. Um, People have busy schedules and they're looking to make sure that their dogs are happy and healthy while they're away um, at work or away from the home. And you know what we found was that the, the pet care industry just hasn't evolved like everything else in our lives. So when I started this company in 2016, I originally started it as a dog walking company. Um, and where we really found our differentiation was the first time that I walked into our first client's home, um, I was the first dog walker. I knew that it was about trust. More than anything else, I knew that what we were doing Beyond the pet care, beyond the taking a dog out to go to the bathroom, it was about selling trust. Um, And that has been our uh, thesis since the very beginning, um, was to be worthy of the trust that we seek. And we do that um, in very specific ways. We do that with the team that we um, train and we employ. We do that with the processes that we set up to kind of guarantee that quality control. Um, and we do that with the technology that we've invested in. And all of those things together create this unparalleled experience that pets and their parents don't have access to right now.
2: Um, uh, let me, let's let talk about trust, because I, I love that you know that that's what you're selling almost more than daycare for, for your canine. That, that trust is what you're selling When do you realize the trust is what you're selling? Because early on, you're just trying to bring revenue in with the dog walking service, right? You're you're very capable with your skills. You're like, I know how to, you know, I I know this is my space. But when is that aha moment that walking the dog just happens to be something I'm doing right now? This trust factor is the number one factor that my clients are gonna use.
1: It was the first day that I walked onto a client's property and went into their home and realized that there was so much more here um, than, than, um, than just walking a dog. Um, there was a connection and love and trust and um, there was a need there that I knew wasn't being met in, you know, outside in the broader market.
2: So, building off of that, how do you sell trust? Because the last thing any of us do is believe the person that says, "Trust me," you know, especially when you're trying to to sell them something. How do you convey that trust amongst your clients?
1: Um, so, I think it's a game of repetition. I think it's showing yourself as trustworthy not one time, but every time. Um, it's showing that when. Um, you know, if things don't go the way you wanted them to go, that you as a, as a provider take ownership over that um, and that you, you fix those things. Um, it's about investing in the s- tools and the systems and the processes and the people that are going to continue to show that as an organization, as a company, we stand for trust that comes from a, a deeper sense and level of integrity. One of our um, core values is is um, is integrity. That's one of the six core values that we have as a company, and it's because um, it's because trust is such a critical component to what we do.
2: So I want to talk about how dog walking service to you know a, a brick and mortar store. But what was your background before this? Who was Maggie before Skiptown?
1: Maggie before Skiptown. I I went to UNC Chapel Hill. I graduated in 2010. Um, I came down from New Jersey, so that's where I'm originally from. Fell in love with North Carolina. Um, went back to New York, so went back to the Northeast after I graduated and I worked for IBM as a business consultant. So I worked in the financial services industry. I was lucky enough to be a part of um, the Watson analytics. So if, if you're familiar with um, uh, when Watson was doing you know, Jeopardy, so the predictive analytics. So I was on the, on the team to help pilot Watson analytics at the first commercial bank. So I got to really understand business in a lot of different ways, predictive analytics, which actually has you know, root, definite, definite roots in what we do now with all of the routing and, and understanding, kind of anticipating people's needs um, based on the services that they use and, and uh, the preferences of, of our clients and, and our, our clients' pets. And um, so I started at IBM and then uh, my husband and I got married and we took uh we're avid travelers and we saved up for a year and a half and we took nine months off and we backpacked around the world so after we came back from that trip we decided we wanted to um you know start somewhere new so, we came-
2: so I, I gotta stop you right there you stop your job for nine months you get up you just i've got to get up. We, we all talk about this <laughs> I, i'll be honest i mean probably five times this week getting up ready for work i thought let's just head out of the country what what we all have the idea to do it what was the screw this we are we're getting the hell out of the country and we're just going to roam the earth
1: well i have a partner so my husband sebastian and i are very aligned with how we you know spend you know finite resources time and money and it's it's experiences and we have always and and actively have always searched out how to have adventure through travel and Um, fun experiences. So we had um, talked about it, you know, for a long time. And um, for us, you know, kind of like with anything in our life, a lot of times when we have an idea, we'll act on it. You know, it's kind of been our, our theme. Um, and so this was no different and luckily you know I had a strong support network we lived with my mom you know to save up save up money to do it and um, you know at the time so my husband my current my he was my fiance, uh, lived with my mom and, and we saved on rent and we figured out how to how to get that money together and and we had a shoestring budget but we wanted to get out there and see as much as we could and you know again we know that things come up and it was a priority for us so that's why we did it.
2: Is this where the idea of Skip Town starts to come together or do you come back and get back in the daily grind before you make that, that leap?
1: It's where the idea of having impact, having what, what is having true impact and, and what is it that I want to you know dedicate my life to doing at this point. Um.
2: And financial analytics was not it.
1: Financial analytics was a structure and I think a framework that gave me an opportunity to understand the base, you know, on a base level, how things worked. But I was also really excited to be able to pull things together on my own and and, um, put something into motion that i felt like would have a a stronger entrepreneurial route Um, my husband and i had started a photography business before we were very active in at school and college um, in our extracurriculars and there was a lot to that that empowered me um, and made me feel very much in my element when i could you know bring people together around a common cause and um, how you know how to have a lot of empathy and the the nuances of of motivating people and making them feel supported in what they're doing and a belief in what we're all doing together towards some kind of bigger purpose. All of that really ultimately kind of led me to starting this company and building this business and this, co- and this team and this culture. Um, and it's, it's absolutely the most wonderful thing that I've ever done with my life.
2: So, so you, you have this fire or passion in your heart. You come back, you don't start Skip Town immediately, but you do, as you mentioned earlier, you begin to do dog walking. And that starts to grow. Are you still working for uh, uh, another company or IBM at that time?
1: So I started the, uh, the company after I got laid off from another startup that I joined, um, where I ran the Charlotte office, helped launch several other business uh, offices in the Southeast, and then um, that company failed.
2: So real quick, Talk about the that's probably a learning experience going from a large corporation to a startup. What do you learn in that that period of time of the startup that really puts you on your startup trend?
1: Gosh. So, you know, I remember, so that company, I, I ran a warehouse. It was a marketplace to buy and sell used and new furniture. And I remember when we, you know, I, you know, there was no playbook. Right, and in IBM there was a playbook. There was structures and frameworks, and you learned them and you, you know, implemented them. And it was, you know, when I, when I got when I started at this at this other startup, it was like, okay, figure it out. Like this is what we think we're doing. This is what we think the value proposition is. Now let's go figure out how it works um, here. And I remember like you know, it's everything was just like, well, well okay, th- this makes sense. Let's try this and. Until that didn't make sense, we would do it. And then when it didn't make sense anymore, because we'd have new information that would come to light, we would then change our mind and do something else. And that taught me a lot. It taught me how to make decisions quickly. It taught me the importance of data. And you know, we had, I'd done that at a different level at IBM, but it, at, at a startup, and knowing what questions to ask and, and what are the right questions is everything. And it became a big part of how I operated that we would always hypothesize what do we think is going to happen because the real learning we found was in the difference between what we thought would happen and what actually did happen and so getting ourselves into a routine of measuring that being like okay well what happened and how does it compare or contrast against what we thought would happen that's where the real nuance was so in a lot of ways failure became um, success because when things didn't work out it was like, well, great, what are we gonna learn from that? And We clearly didn't know something that we thought we knew. Now, what are, what are we gonna do different?
2: Well, it's funny, because I find with a lot of corporations where they, they, they could thrive from an entrepreneurial mindset, they have tons of data, more data than any small company could ever have, but they can't ask questions and they can't make decisions. They just have resources, but they can't connect all those dots. So now here you are with less data asking questions to get more information, making decisions based off of that. Uh, you, that company, as a lot of startups don't work out, now you're in on your own walking dogs. How long are you just walking dogs until it becomes what Skip Town is today?
1: I knew that it was important, one, to understand every aspect of the business that I was running and where the real differentiator was gonna be. And so selling trust was a big part of that. Investing in technology became a big part of that when I realized and saw the opportunity and how important it was to have a strong infrastructure behind the people and the team that was executing a service. And that came in the form of processes, which over time we built, and technology, which over time we built and necessitated raising external capital, which is what we've done now over the last couple of years. We've raised over four million dollars to support launching just not just the Waggle Company, which we rebranded to Skipper, but also Skip Town, which is what we do now, which is the, the mecca for dogs, our, our country club for dogs, as you will, that um, operates as an ecosystem for pets and their people and services all of these different needs when it comes to pet services. Um, and data was always a core part of that and product market fit and, and searching for product market fit and understanding what that looks like and when we realizing that when we didn't have it, we would, we would make drastic moves to find it. I was in California for a work conference when the NBA shut down and that was our big aha moment because at the time, you know, the, you'd heard rumblings of it, but nobody really understood what it was going to be or at least it, not in my sphere. So I was in California when I got, when I found out the NBA um, was shutting down and about two hours after that, within two hours after that, I got calls from three investors that's, that represented about half of the capital we were ra- I was raising to support the launch of Skiptown. who were calling me saying, who had international dealings and said, we're, I, we can't, we can't pull, we're pulling out, um, we, can't, uh, we can't invest right now because we just don't know what's going on. And at that moment, oh, I was like, this is, this is incredibly serious. I took, I booked a red eye, flew back to Charlotte, pulled my whole leadership team together at 6.30 in the morning, I like, texted them. I said, get into the office as soon as you can. We have things to talk about. And I got them all together and I said, the world has changed. Whatever we were, we no longer are and we have to figure out what this looks like. At that point, we were already making the transition to Skip Town from a dog walking company to a facility that had a dog bar and park and pet care. Um, but we were still very much in the trenches and process of, of making that transition. And we had always anticipated that dog walking was gonna continue to thrive as it was. Um, we did over 230 visits a day. We were at a million dollar run rate. I had 80 employees that supported all, of all just the dog walking alone. And within a week, all of that went away. We lost 90% of our revenue. Um, I ended up having to lay off 70 team members a third of the back office team, I reduced, everybody's salaries got cut back, I stopped taking a salary altogether. I mean, it was like within a week this happened. Um, and that's what, you know, though, that was the moment when we went from a peacetime to wartime. And I see that and I think about this all the time when it was like all of a sudden when it was, there was an existential external crisis happening and everything had to focus on surviving that.
2: And what was that key to survival? Because now you have all you, you know, you, everything from dog walking to that. Where do you hone in on? Because this isn't the end of the story. This is where you eventually kind of have your second coming.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was about it, it became about cutting costs, honing in on critical path work, and then disregarding everything else and rallying the team around that. Um, that was everything. And, and pushing toward launching Skiptown, Town, which we were um, going to go under construction the next month. So we were planning on going into construction in April to launch in August and the pandemic hits and we just have no idea what world we're going to find ourselves in um, or if we can even construct or how that's going to work or even if we do, can we open? Um, and so the way that it, it you know worked out is we navigated it. We, we focused on that critical path work Luckily, the construction continued on schedule. Um, we were able to open in August. We were able to hire and train the team prior to that to get them on board. We were so, able to open safely because of COVID.
2: So, so you open in August with that. But I, you, One thing you said that has me, like my wheels turning, you had to disregard everything else. What are some of the things that you had to disregard that you were like, why the heck are we doing this in the first place? These were distractions that we just, we were never forced to walk away from
1: a lot of it is that I mean you you know when you're in a peacetime scenario you can take very creative broad brushstrokes you can experiment um, time is on your side sometimes even money's on your side and this became like anything that wasn't driving to the one goal of getting skip town launched had to go and it was just a ruthless um well well so we cut back on we cut back on all major expenses. So first we looked at Skip Town itself and said, what do we need to make Skip Town actually work? And we value engineered. I mean, we took out three, $400,000 out of the budget immediately. We said, okay, we don't need all these kennels because we don't anticipate, you know, getting to full capacity in the first. So we're gonna only order half of them. And so that was an $80,000 save. We um, were gonna do murals all over the wall. That, about, that got cut from a budget. Um, we looked at, we looked at our dog walking and we said, okay, what are we going to do here? And we restricted the radius tightly um, with who we were going to offer services to because everything was an expense and it was it, what was going to keep us alive to be able to get to opening Skiptown Town and, and bring Skip Town to the world, which we knew and believed was the real product market fit and the real value proposition that we had been building toward. And so everything was about getting us there. Um, and It was just a, and, and the team got it like the team knew what we were what we were fighting for and you know It was just everybody came around the table and understood that like it was gonna be hard to make these Cuts and people's lives are gonna be affected, but we had to do it for the business
2: Would you have ever guessed that chaos would bring such clarity?
1: I Think running a startup every day chaos brings clarity. So there is a mentality that I, we all embrace that comes with the the adventure and the you know excitement and the thrill of not really knowing what you're ever going to be into and having to kind of deal with that on the fly. I think we were trained for that. We were ready for that. We had never had such um, such a a moment, a fallout like like the pandemic was. But I do think that there was in our bones an ability to react quickly and not be scared, not use fear as a reason to not move forward or or to kind of withdraw within ourselves but to but to but to decide and to pioneer and to make decisions that were ultimately going to be the you know the decisions that kept us alive
2: So taking covid out of that what did you find out what did nobody tell you about being an entrepreneur that you found out the hard way
1: That I would have a moment every day where I would say to myself I don't know what I'm doing and it took me a long time to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And to be comfortable in that kind of stasis of just being like, well, I don't, I've do not i never done this. I don't know what to do here. But that was never the end of that thought. It was like, okay, let's figure out what to do. And so being very resourceful about figuring out what the next step and decision should be and learning from those decisions has been everything. And um, I love that part of this job. I mean, that's what keeps me going is that that like constant, it's just that feeling of growth all the time and that problems that, you know, things that I didn't understand. I, you know, we've moved on to different things I don't understand <laughs> and it's great. I mean, it just kind of continues to, to build up and um, yeah, that's the...
2: Is there that decision you look back on, you're like, what was I think? Does it, that clouds your, mem- you know, clouds your judgment? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making it work, but man, I hope, I'm glad nobody saw that on TV.
1: I remember, so when my husband and I were in Waggle Company together, we were the two dog walkers, and at the time I knew it was all about trust and I I did not know how to build a scalable process that supported delivering that trust through any other provider but myself, right? I knew if I did the job, I knew I was gonna get it done right. But it was about how do you figure out how to bring a team together so that that team can execute that. And before I had figured that out, I remember Sebastian and I would get in the car at six in the morning, we would have packed coolers for the whole day, and we would go out from six in the morning. We'd come back eleven at night, and we would do visits back to back to back. To. I remember Christmas. Um, we didn't spend Christmas together. We didn't spend Christmas Eve, New Year's, because we had we were at clients' homes. And I remember he brought me he brought me McDonald's to a parking lot on Christmas Eve so that we could eat dinner and then go do different like go do visits from there. And it was those moments where you know it, you know. Having to have to live through that is what it took for us to learn and, and get to where we are now. But looking back on it, there's obviously learnings that you can have quicker now that you know, have been through it,
2: Where is I- some of that uncomfortableness also what made you happy?
1: I think that uncom- being, being uncomfortable all the time but learning quickly is different than being uncomfortable and being stuck in the same problem. Exactly. And so to some extent, it took a long time for me to figure out how to hire and train and, and empower a team to be able to, to take on the responsibilities that we, you know, and, the, and to fulfill the expectations that as a company we were living our, we were living toward. Um, and so I, but yes, I, you know, and now we make, and now we move faster. And so now when we realize, hey, this isn't working the way it should, we need to grow out of this, we do those things faster.
2: So you, you're teaching the Meggie way on how to build trust. And, and that's not just learning you know uh how to take care of pets and how, how to, to uh to to manage the business but you're really trying to purvey everything in your core values of trust us we'll take care of your pets and they're our family too where does this take you in the next five years
1: um, this takes us everywhere so our goal is to be the first nationally recognized company in the pet service and social experience industry. We wanna pioneer this ecosystem model that gives people the opportunity to really, um, not only conveniently be able to have um, a a pet parent lifestyle for for them and for their pets, but to make it more fun too. Um, And we're doing it in a way that uh, allows our team to be able to get involved in all of these services at the same time. And really delivers a quality service and a product that doesn't exist on the market. And we know this because we've done the research and we've traveled to all the places and we've seen all the, we've seen these things. And we know that there is a need here that's not being filled, and we are coming to fill it.
2: So I, I do want to peel back one thing. Okay, a lot of what you're saying, um, I'm all on board. I'm understanding at the entrepreneurial lever, level where you're at the uh, data analytics building out your core values what's what drives that passion though i mean i gotta be honest just the thought of i'm in a room full of dogs and their tails are wagon would make me happy every day you know taking all of that jargon out what what keeps you showing up every day what warms your heart what you know what when you're away from this makes you miss it
1: We have, so ever since we opened Skip Town in August, we have gotten to know clients in a a much different way than when we were a dog walking company because clients weren't home. And so clients, now we bring them to a space, right? So the community aspect that I talked about earlier. And we have clients that have moved to an apartment that's closer to Skip Town that overlooks Skip Town so that they can see it every day. We have clients who tell us that their dogs have, were super shy and had anxiety and after coming to Skip Town a few times, totally different, totally different dog. That they just found their confidence and they were excited and they would come to me and they'd come to the team and there'd be tears in their eyes because it changed their life, right? Because. Pets are such a meaningful part of our lives and how our dogs feel is such an important part of our lives as an extension of that, that when you have a dog that like is is so excited to come to a place that you're also excited to come to, that to me is the most exciting and fulfilling thing that I can create something that has such a meaningful impact in people's lives in such a fun way.
2: Um, In in, in doing that, we'll close this out. What, what advice do you have for anybody that is thinking to go out and start their own company?
1: Um, You'll never know if you don't try. When um, we took out our first loan, my husband and I were standing in the kitchen and we had to lean our house on the loan. So in order to be able to get it, we had to put all the assets that we owned um, on that loan. And I remember, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, well, are we gonna do this? Because we know we needed to invest in the technology. We didn't have the cash to do it. We hadn't raised any other money. And we looked at each other and we said, you know what? If we don't do this, we'll never know. And that's, where, that's how we think about everything. If you don't do it, you'll never know.
2: That was excellent, thank you so much. So.
0: thanks for watching make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com/neege education or visit Kamerward.com to catch up on previous episodes and be sure to be on the lookout for our next episode featuring Garrett Atishi the owner and founder of Huga Co-working a co-working space in Charlotte North Carolina.